Welcome back in. Yes, it's been a while, but we return today with another edition of the Buzz Baker CarCast podcast. It's a service of WKYT-TV, and you can get this podcast anywhere you find your podcasts, uh, on, uh, on SoundCloud, uh, on uh, iTunes, any place you find podcasts. And, of course, you can find them on the podcast page at WKYT.com, where you'll find Kentucky Newsmakers. You will find uh, Andrea and uh, Victor Puente and their great podcast, and then uh, an awesome podcast uh, from our friend Amber Philpot who talks to unique Kentuckians all over the Commonwealth. And, and we try to do that as well, but it's been a little while. August, at least in my world, as uh, I, I'm a broadcaster, uh, I, I'm in sales, uh, as the kids uh, are, are getting back to school, and that would uh, be my son who entered high school this year as a freshman, and the three daughters who are all in uh, college. Macy and Mallory are over at UK. Maddie still lives near campus, but she has transferred over into the nursing program over at uh, Midway, and I'm just blessed beyond belief. But as it happens, once that occurs and everything starts uh, coming together in August, it just becomes an incredibly busy time uh, in all those areas of my life. And I'm, and again, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm blessed that I'm able to handle it all. But it's been a while since I've been with you. And as we record this on Sunday afternoon, the Sunday evening after Eastern Michigan, I just wanted to catch up with you on a number of different topics. First and foremost, just a little while ago, um, it was announced that Terry Wilson would uh, miss the remainder of the season uh, with a torn uh, patellar tendon uh, in his knee. Uh, Some thoughts. Initially, um, you know, and it was called – an actual horse collar tackle on the um, broadcast. And I think that was uh, the announcers because initially it looked like a horse collar. But then when you go back and look at it, it wasn't. And he just got his leg bent back underneath him. Guy made a clean play, live ball, just trying to bring a ball carrier down. And it's just one of those things that happen. And and you feel bad uh, for Terry. You feel bad for, for his teammates. Uh, but but the UK folks are just so good at what they do. He'll miss the rest of the season, uh, but he'll be able to come back and, and, and he'll be stronger than ever. And so all of a sudden, what, what happens now? You know, you get two wins uh, to start the season and all the build up toward Florida next week. SEC Nation is coming into the Young Library. Uh, the game is uh, sold out. And then you're going to have a whole new quarterback. And when I say a whole new quarterback, I mean like a whole, whole new quarterback. Sawyer Smith. The starter last year at Troy for the former Wildcat, Neil Brown, who's now the head coach at West Virginia. And Sawyer, one of those transfer guys. And he was probably, you know, I don't don't know what he was thinking. But his trip to Kentucky doesn't happen unless Gunnar Hoke transfers. And listen, apparently it went down right to the end uh, before Gunner lost the quarterback battle up at Ohio State, went back up to his home state. And I understand why kids do what they do. So this is not anything negative toward Gunner Hoke. But besides how difficult this must be on Terry Wilson himself, on his family and on his friends, I thought, 
Oh, my goodness. What must Gunnar Hoke be thinking? Because he wanted a chance to play, and he didn't think he was going to get it here. And, of course, Kentucky had uh, Terry here. Uh, they they had Gunner, and then they had gone out and recruited another quarterback uh, in Bo Allen, the son of former Wildcat Bill Allen, uh, who's just playing lights out again over at Lexington Catholic. So Gunner put his name in the transfer portal. Mark Stoops had hoped he could get him to stay. That didn't work out. And so he moves on. And then all of a sudden this happens. And so after that happened, Kentucky had to go out and they had to get a quarterback late. And credit Eddie Grand and Darren Henshaw and all their connections because they've done this before. And they went out and they found Sawyer Smith. And and so now you think, okay, so 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 couple of things. Kentucky breaks that streak against Florida last year. And Florida just didn't what Florida used to be. I think they're going to be good again under Dan Mullen. But, I mean, this is a game in the third week of the season that could very well be for second place in the SEC East. Because with everything that's happening uh, with the other teams in the East, whoever gets this win is obviously going to have a leg up on everybody else because I think everybody else in the East, I want to make sure I'm right about this. I want to say that, yes, everybody else in the East would have at least one loss in conference except for the winner of this game and Georgia. And it looks like right now that we're on a collision course for Georgia and Alabama once again in the SEC championship. Although Auburn or LSU could have something to say about that, I think on the eastern side, any obviously the old phrase, anything could happen. But Georgia on the east just looks to be the stick out right now, and it's still early. Okay, so that being said, what is it that you do in terms of putting together a game plan? Well, Eddie Grant is about their best there is at this stuff. And, and remember now, Sawyer Smith has been running this stuff ever since he got to campus. And he's obviously a quick study because Sawyer Smith had that experience as a starting quarterback in that Neil Brown air raid offense. Now, because of that, you got to believe that Kentucky is going to throw some more. At least, at least, that's what they want Florida to think. I'm going to tell you something, though. I'm, I'm going to think, I'm going to say you might even see two offensive packages from Kentucky. You might see an offensive package that features Sawyer Smith, and then you might see a completely different package that features Lynn Bowden Jr. back there. And he might be, uh, uh, what do they call it when Randall Cobb ran it, the Lonesome Wildcat or whatever it was, right? And so uh, I think you're going to see Eddie Grant definitely do more things and use Lynn Bowden even more than he did last night. And then he will take a look at his playbook and he will have X number of plays that he believes are the best plays for Sawyer Smith. But then the other thing that's incumbent too is that uh, 
all these running backs now, more of a load falls on them. And you certainly don't want to do it this way. You wouldn't have drawn it up this way. But the one thing that might very well happen is this could very well be an advantage for Kentucky. Because I'm sure those Florida coaches, and, and remember, you got a, uh, you got a ton of tape, and I'll think of his name here in a second, but, but the, uh, Todd Grantham, the guy who's the Florida defensive coordinator, remember he's gone against this bunch and the Eddie Grant offense and everything back when he was the defensive coordinator at Louisville. And so I'm sure they've been preparing for this whole Terry Wilson package. And now in just a few days, he's got to turn around and get ready for something else. And so this could very well work in the Cats' favor. And we won't know until we know. And it's going to be a sellout crowd. And I I just believe that this young guy and this team is going to rally around him and that they're going to have a big night Saturday night. I could be as wrong as wrong can be. The big question will be whether or not the Kentucky secondary can stand up with Felipe Frank slinging it all over the ballpark, which is what I believe he will do. If that's the case, I think it'll be a big night for him. Now, a couple of other uh, things to talk about. I spoke about Gunnar Hoke just a second ago. And you know what? Um, Wish nothing but the best for him. But this, and I don't want to sound like old guy, get off my grass guy. But for those of you who love country music, you certainly remember and can recall a lot of the Garth Brooks hits. And one of them that I always go back to in my own life is Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer. And, you know, I'm sure that in all of our lives, we have uh, been afforded the opportunity to do some other things. I was having a conversation just the other day with uh, Jeff Anderson, our, our GM, and my boss out of WKYT about an opportunity that he had earlier in his career and he just turned it down on the spot. Sometimes we just get so impatient. And and because of everything that we can get instantly now, whether it's a, a like on a picture that we post or whether it's a package uh, that gets to us from across the country overnight and is delivered by drone, whatever it is because of that, We are now just, I mean, accustomed to everything happening immediately or else we hit the reset button like we do on all those video games or we just move on. And and I'm not saying that Gunnar Hoke is wrong for the decision that he made. But I think if you look around and, and the people you know, that have taken a breath more times than not, you say, okay, let's ride this out. Let's see what's happened. I've just been immensely fortunate and blessed to be at WKYT now for over 37 years. I mean, I'm thinking about my man, Marty Brenneman, and uh, 
his longevity, and this, of course, is the month of Marty, and uh, he is uh, he is retiring after a long run, and we wish uh, wish he and his bride Amanda nothing but the best. I mean, look at all the opportunities that somebody like uh, like Kaywood surely had, and you know, I. I that's that's not saying anymore that you can, with with a few exceptions, that you can stay in one place forever. Um, but the majority of the time, if we take a breath and if we just pause and think about what's out there and what you've already got, I think just more times than not. You're probably going to ride it out. And I also think that more times than not, it works out for people who have that kind of patience. And again, that's nothing negative toward Gunner, but I just wonder. And I would just, I would just encourage you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share something, and I, I, don't, I don't think he would mind me sharing it. And I can't remember whether I've shared this before or not. But I, I've done an awful lot of things in my career. But one thing that I've never done, never done, is host a post-game call-in show. People that do it, I respect them. I've just never done it because people are mad. They're emotionally invested. They've lost money. They might have been overserved. But I did for a number of years, of course, do the Sunday morning sports review the day after most games. And it wasn't called a hot take back then, but I can't tell you the number of times that Oscar and I have talked immediately after a game and I have said something and I'm like, I just, I just can't wait to say this. And he was, why don't you do this? Sleep on it tonight. And if you still feel that way in the morning, then say it. And I can't tell you the number of times that it happened that after getting a night's sleep, I either didn't feel nearly that strongly or if I felt that way, I was able to push my emotions aside and say it in a more calm and reasonable manner and construct the argument better, even though the passion was still there. And so I would just encourage you all that when you've got a situation facing you, when you're in some kind of personal or professional crossroads just try to be as still as you can and take everything in and whether for you it's prayer whether it's uh, the counsel of friends or or people that are older than you whom you trust and respect get all those facts coming in and be as still as you can and make the best decision for yourself. I think somebody that's done something like that, I want to say a little thing about right now, and that's UK Athletics Director Mitch Barnhart. Um, I want to back up, though, and I want to say something about the SEC presidents and the guidance they got from Commissioner Greg Sankey as it relates to alcohol sales. It's an incredibly difficult situation and difficult, um, uh, difficult discussion to have because everybody has got a different opinion about it. And um, what Commissioner Sankey and the presidents came upon 
was, okay, we're going to permit this, but it's going to be an individual discussion and decision by the schools. And there were immediately schools that came out and said, yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, but, but Mitch Barnhart at Kentucky said, we're not going to do it. We think we've got a great family atmosphere, and we're not going to do it. And it's something I'm not going to revisit every year. And I applaud him for that. I'm not being an old fuddy-duddy, and everybody can come up with the arguments that, oh, you can still get alcohol in the, in the premium areas and things like that. But it obviously has not hurt attendance. People aren't staying home because they ha- can't have a coolie. And, again, with the Florida sellout, that just shows that that place can still be a heck of a home field advantage and do it without that being in the stadium. And, and, and again, I'm not saying the, the opinion was good, bad, or indifferent. I, I personally like it, but I understand the discussion on the other side of it. What, what, what I am pointing out here today, or at least what I'm trying to, is, is the fact that, that, and I've seen Mitch in action like this before, he got his facts together, he talked to the people uh, who were um, stakeholders in the deal, and then he did the thing that he believed was right. And he, he didn't make a big deal about it. He, he didn't have some big public relations thing. He just not only made the decision, and then I, 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 he, certainly there's not closure to it, but this question just doesn't keep popping up because he said, and this is not something that I'm going to deal with each and every year. And now, as it relates to football, there's one other thing that I want to talk about that I, I just, it just really kind of troubles me. And it troubles me on a number of different levels. And, and that's because uh, the Fayette County Schools, because uh, I guess it was week one of the season, Frederick Douglass and Brian Station, there was a gun scare. And I can't remember whether that, that was the same night or the week before there was an actual shooting at a high school football game down in Alabama. And so what Fayette County in in Lexington has done is games involving Fayette County schools when they're playing each other, Fayette County versus Fayette County, those start times have been moved up to 6.30 as opposed to 7.30. And they're doing some other things in terms of security and uh, different protocols there at the stadium. And and I'm just not sure what the hour does. I mean, maybe they're wanting to get going before dark. But here in what, about four or five weeks, it's going to be dark at 6.30. But but the thing that just causes me such great angst is the fact that, my goodness, this is Lexington, Kentucky. This is not Fort Apache, the Bronx. I mean, I, I don't know what the allocation is for officers at games from the Fayette County school system or, or from uh, the uh, uh, LFUCG police department. I, I, I don't know. But are there not other resources we can get there to make sure that these things don't happen? I, I mean, I understand I understand that that they want to protect people, but are we really doing all we can? I mean, there are some kids that are 
that are in some desperate situations out there that, that are on the edge because of life circumstances. And, and, and then, you know, the, we can talk about influence and all that stuff, but the bottom line is there's just evil in the world. And we're just going to have to deal with that. And, and, and it just, it really saddens me because I grew up in a time that no matter what was going on in a town, whether there was an election or uh, up in Ohio, they had these school levies instead of school boards being able to increase uh, the tax base. You'd have to vote on a levy, and it was a certain percentage of value of your house, I believe it was. So it was a tax that was levied uh, on on a personal item. And so despite all that, when Friday night came around, the community came together. I mean, there was just a whole bunch of people wearing those school colors, wearing that one jersey, and no matter what might have put them at odds against each other during the week, it was all set aside on Friday night. And it's just really, really sad. It's, I'm now, you know, many of you know this, I'm 59 years old. And this is one of those things that, you know, is a mark of there not being any innocence anymore. And, and in my life, I've been very blessed to not have too many of those. One of those, of course, is this week, the anniversary of 9-11-2001. And I'll, I'll never forget that day. Tom Leach and I were on the air over at WLAP Radio finishing up our morning show. And Neil Jackson, who was one of the producers and is still on the air in Lexington, came running the studio and said, hey, turn on the news. Something, something hit the World Trade Center. And it was like about two weeks before that, somebody had flown uh, one of those ultra gliders and was pulling a banner behind it, protesting something. And the banner got caught up, and the dude got caught on top of the Empire State Building. And so we thought it was something like that. And so we turned the TV over, and we look, and we saw the plane hit the second tower live. And we knew at that point in time that this was no accident. And, I mean, all these years later, it still feels like it was yesterday. And I cannot imagine the horror that those families deal with every day. And people who, even though they made it, still deal with it each and every day. And it's just... It's just heartbreaking. But whatever we need to do to keep people safe these days, we need to do it. But I would not be honest with you if I didn't tell you that the fact that they're moving game times in Fayette County for football because of things like gun scares, if I didn't tell you that that affected me in a sad, sad way, I wouldn't be being honest with you. And finally, a couple of things to tell you about on an up note so we can end on a positive. Uh, Congratulations uh, to my friend, a mentor, uh, Ralph Hacker, uh, who was among those inducted into the uh, Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame, along with former Wildcat Derek Anderson. 
you want to talk about tough jobs, and we've all got tough jobs at times, right? There are times in our life when we think our job is the toughest on the planet. I've always said this. I think the two guys that could probably relate to each other more than anybody was Joe B. Hall trying to follow Adolph Rupp and Ralph Hacker trying to follow K. Wood Ledford. And while people uh, may have questioned how they did things at times, there's no question that those two men handled themselves with a unique grace and class despite the pressure pack situation they were put into. And then one final thing, and I just uh, – I. I happen to be around uh, a lot of sports over at UK, and uh, earlier today was one of those just is pretty cool moment. Uh, many of you um, probably don't know, you know, Brad Calipari transferred up to Detroit Mercy, and his girlfriend for a while has been Gina Crissetti, who plays on the UK women's soccer team. We even know it's early in the season they had senior day today. Ian Carey, the coach, wanted to get the emotion of that over with before they started league play. So they had senior day today. And so Gina is a gal from California. Her parents came out. But Gina also dates Brad Calipari. And so uh, typically uh, when uh, Ellen Calipari comes to the games, her seats are right there next to the broadcast position. There's Ellen and uh, family friend George Cox. And then Crisetti usually sits there right next to me where I'm doing the pregame. And uh, I look up there, and Gina's parents had come in from California and then uh, Ellen Calipari and George and Coach Cal all came out uh, to support Gina uh, for Senior Day. And at this time of year, everybody's got all kinds of stuff going on. And they were out on the field with her before the game, and it was just cool to see. And every time I think of things like gun scares causing game times to be changed, God will invariably put something like that in front of me to remind me that there is far more good than evil. That there are far more honest and decent and caring people than there are those folks who try to take advantage of a situation and use whatever edge that they might have. And as crazy as the world gets, oftentimes and sometimes seemingly every day. It's those small reminders that can bring peace to a troubled heart. And it's the best hope that we have to make this place the kind of place where obviously we've made our homes, but that our kids and future generations will want to make their home as well. Great being back with you again. I know we covered a lot of ground. If there's anything or anybody you would like us to cover or talk to or talk about on this podcast, you can always get me. Just hit me directly, DaveB at WKYT.com. But for now, that is the Buzz Baker CarCast podcast service of WKYT. Again, you can get us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can get us on the podcast page at WKYT.com. Until next time, so long, everybody.